before Christmas, and we thought we'd do a little bit of that tonight. Turn on page number 186. Everyone standing tonight away in a manger, 186. Get your book, everyone. This is a good chance for us all to sing together. Shake hands with everyone, probably real soon. For well, not be turning soon. Just shake hands with everyone tonight. for 
remain stand for a word of prayer. Let me say it's a joy to have all, all of you here tonight. And good to have some home and visiting with us tonight. Good to have Nikki home from uh, New York City. Good to have her home. That's where they make that stuff for tortilla chips and all that kind of thing. And then good to have Bob and Sue Buffer with us tonight. But the Bob is pastor of Gospel Light Baptist Church in Charleston. Good to have uh, them visiting with us tonight. And then uh, Gerald and Kristen Zimmer, they're with us tonight, missionaries of Romania. Good to have them and others that are visiting with us. These folks over here have been with us several times. Glad to have you back and others across the building. Let's pray now and ask the Lord to bless the service tonight and open our hearts up to all the wonderful things that he has for us. Brother Boofer, if you would, lead us in prayer. Yes. 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 Hey, man, let's continue to sing. Page 184, just back up a page. Silent night. We've had some people ask us to sing this. We missed it last Sunday night, but we'll do it tonight.
Thank you. You may be seated. Let's let rushers come forward to receive our offering, and let me remind you that what you give on Wednesday nights goes to support the Bible conference in the fall, and it helps us to provide lodging and all the expense that goes into bringing many, many guests in. So you give tonight. The Lord will bless you for your giving. Father, we do thank you now for this season, for what it represents. We ask you to make it meaningful to our hearts, and may we not forget you during the season. Bless the offering now and continue to open our hearts in this service to what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what child is this.
Let's open our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 2. And while you're turning there, uh, let me say how proud I am of Ronnie. I've just been thrilled uh, to see the spiritual growth in his life. And it excites me to see the Lord working in his life as well as many, many others. I want us tonight to think about how to celebrate Christmas. As you know, this is the Christmas season and we're all looking forward to the families getting together and different things. I was thinking a while ago how glad I am there's not a Santa Claus because most of you wouldn't get anything. But, uh, but we, I want us to think tonight about how to really celebrate Christmas. Would you stand as we honor the reading of His Word, the book of Luke chapter 2. And all of these are very familiar passages of Scripture and, and I'm thankful for the season where we can focus upon them once a year and be reminded of these wonderful, wonderful things. I'll have you look in Matthew and also in Luke tonight and a few places as we consider how we should celebrate Christmas. Look at the familiar verses beginning in verse 11 of Luke chapter 2. The book of Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. The Bible said, And there were in the same country... Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Thank you. you. May be seated. Let's pray. And tonight, I want us to, for just a little while to think about how we should celebrate Christmas. There'll be a lot of celebration during the holidays. People will celebrate in different ways. But for you and me that have been saved, how should we celebrate Christmas? Let's pray. Father, tonight we thank you. For this time of the year, and we're thankful, Lord, there is a time on our calendar whereby our thoughts are drawn toward your birth. And we're thankful, Lord, there's a time every year to make us remember and make us reflect upon your coming to this earth and when you became man and were born of flesh. So, Father, during this Christmas season, I pray that the Spirit of God will take these wonderful truths and make them fresh to our life, make them real in our hearts. May we learn to love you even better. And I pray, Lord, that this will be a special Christmas because we become acquainted with you even in a better way as we think of all that this season represents. Speak to our hearts tonight. Teach us how to really celebrate Christmas. And we'll thank you and praise you because it is in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. As I tried to do a little research on Christmas and learn a little bit about Christmas past, I found that Christmas was first celebrated in the year 98. 
But it was 40 years later that Christmas was officially adopted as a Christian festival. It was not until about the 5th century that the day of celebration became permanently fixed as the 25th of December. Up till that time, it had been observed at various times of the year. Sometimes it was in December, sometimes in April, sometimes in May, but most of the time, Christmas was observed in January. But sometime in the 5th century, it was settled and the date was set December the 25th. And it's been celebrated for hundreds and hundreds of years, celebrated literally around the world in hundreds and hundreds of different ways. But even though Christmas has been celebrated for hundreds of years and has been celebrated by believers for hundreds of years, not every believer has looked upon the celebration of Christ Christmas in a favorable light. I was reading the other day about the Pilgrim Fathers that came to this country in the 1600s, and they condemned all church festivals. And on the first Christmas in America, in the New World, they spent the first Christmas working all day long, even though it was cold and it was a stormy day. And on that particular day, when many were celebrating Christmas around the world, the pilgrims commenced the building of the first house in Plymouth in 1620. They didn't believe in observing Christmas or the festivity. But throughout the years, it has been celebrated, as I said, literally around the world. In France, children would put their shoes in front of the fireplace so that Father Christmas can fill them. In Spain, people will dance and sing in the streets after a midnight mass on Christmas Eve. In Italy, the family prays while the mother places a figure, the bambino or the Christ child, into a manger. In Denmark, in Norway, in Sweden, Christmas dinner includes rice pudding that has in it a single almond. And according to tradition, whoever gets the almond will have good luck throughout the new year. In Australia, New Zealand, December comes during summertime, so many people celebrate Christmas by going to the beach. That's my way to celebrate. Say amen. But they celebrate it in many different ways. But the question I want to ask you tonight is how should we as believers celebrate Christmas? How should we celebrate the birth of the Christ child? I believe as we look at certain ones in the Bible, I believe we can glean some ways tonight that we ought to celebrate Christmas. Let me point out three groups in the Bible and how they celebrated Christmas. I want you to notice, first of all, in our text in Luke chapter 2, I want you to notice how the shepherds celebrated Christmas how the shepherds celebrated Christmas. In Luke chapter 2, we read just a moment ago the story of the shepherds. Now notice from the story how these shepherds celebrated Christmas. And I point out two things from the text. The first thing that I want to draw to your attention is the message the shepherds received. The message the shepherds received. Look in verse 8. The Bible said, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, I want to remind you that these were not just ordinary shepherds. In those days, shepherds were not looked upon in a favorable way. But these were not your ordinary shepherds. And the flocks that these shepherds were watching over that particular night was not your ordinary flock. These shepherds were the ones that had the responsibility and role of caring for the sheep that would be used as the sacrificial lambs in the temple. And the flock they were watching over was a flock they carefully guarded over to make sure that not one thing happened to those little animals, 
Not one scratch, not one thing to go wrong because the sacrifices had to be without spot and blemish. And I find that it's, it, it's not surprising when I realize that these were not your ordinary shepherds and this was not your ordinary flock. It doesn't surprise me that these shepherds were the recipients of the message that they received from the angel of the Lord. You notice that message in verse 10 and verse 11. The Bible said, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The message these shepherds received was a message of good tidings. The message that these shepherds received was a message of great joy. It was a message that the Savior had been born. Now, what do we mean when we talk about Christ being the Savior? You'll see he's called the Savior there in verse 11. The name Savior there simply means a deliverer. And when the Bible calls Jesus Christ our Savior, it is speaking of Jesus Christ being the one who delivers us. He delivers us from sin, he delivers us from Satan, and he delivers us from hell. I submit unto you tonight that that is a message of good tidings and that is a message that brings great joy. I think about a story I read one time about Robert Stevenson, the grandfather of the famous writer Robert Louis Stevenson. And Robert Stevenson was a famous Scottish engineer in himself, born in 1772. And a hundred years after his birth in the little town of Newcastle, they celebrated the life and the birth of Robert Stevenson. And there was a huge procession because he was this, this distinguished engineer and whatever. But in this procession, there was a group of peasants that were carrying a small banner that had the words on it, He was one of us. I think about Jesus Christ and His birth and the message of His birth. And that message is that God became one of us that He might die for us. And the message of Christmas and the message these shepherds received was that a Savior was born. But here's what I want you to notice. Look at the second thing about the message. You not only see the message they received, but notice in verse 15 through verse 17, the message they reported. But you see how these shepherds responded to the message they received. Verse 15 said, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. See their response to the message in verse 17? They made known abroad the saying which was told them. You see this visit of the shepherds and you hear the voice of the shepherd. For what had been made known to them by God, they made known for God. And the way the shepherds celebrated Christmas was by telling others about the birth of the Savior. Now, how can we celebrate Christmas? How could I as a believer celebrate the birth of the Christ child? How can you that have been redeemed celebrate Christmas? May I suggest to you that we can celebrate Christ Christmas by telling everyone we can that Jesus Christ has come and that the world has a Savior that will save them from their sins. Amen? That's one way that we can celebrate Christmas by telling everybody about it. 
I've been doing a lot of reading on dates for a project that I'm working on. And I was reading the other day about the year 1809. And the year 1809 internationally was tumultuous. Napoleon was sweeping through Austria and blood was flowing freely. And I guess the last thing that anybody would think about or care about or even report on was a baby being born anywhere at that particular time. Everything was focused upon what was going on with Napoleon and Austria. But yet as they focused upon those events, the world was overlooking some very significant births in 1809, for example. William Gladstone was born that year and he was destined to become one of England's finest statesmen. And that same year, Alfred Tennyson was born to an obscure minister and his wife. And that child would one day greatly affect the literary world in a marked manner. On the American continent, Oliver Wendell Holmes was born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And not far away in Boston, Edgar Allan Poe was beginning his eventful, albeit tragic life. It was also in that same year that a physician named Darwin and his wife named their son Charles Robert. And at the same year, and there was the cries of a newborn infant in a rugged log cabin in Hardin County, Kentucky. And that little baby was named Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. And as I thought about all those significant births in 1809, I thought about if there had been a news broadcast or CNN or Fox News Channel, whatever there, I'm sure that if you turn the news stations on, all they would have talked about is how the destiny of the world is being shaped on an Austrian battlefield today. But yet the truth of the matter was, history was actually being shaped in the cradles of England and America. But I think about how in a similar fashion, that night when Jesus was born, if you had turned on CNN, taxation would have been the story of the day. But the big story of that day was that in a manger, there was a baby that was born. A baby that would literally change history, a baby that would literally change the world. That was the big news, and I submit unto you, it's the greatest news we have to tell that Jesus Christ, the Savior, is born. And the way we can celebrate Christmas is by telling others about the Savior. I heard about a young preacher, read about a young minister not too long ago, and it was his first church and his first Christmas as a pastor and a minister. And he wanted to make it a very special time. And so he wanted to have a Christmas Eve service that was both attractive and meaningful. So he decided that he would have a candle lighting service. And in that service, every person would have a candle and each person would light their candle from the candle of the person beside them. And so they went through. It was a very beautiful service. And at the conclusion of the service, the congregation sat there in a very quiet way, pondering the beauty of the moment. The young minister got up and said, Now that everyone is lit, let us sing joy to the world. Well, I want to say to you tonight that what we are, some of you will get that about New Year's Day. Amen. I, I say to you that are saved, not only is it sing the good news, but let us tell it. Everywhere we go, let us tell people that the Savior has been born. Amen? How can we celebrate Christmas? Celebrate it like the shepherds by telling the story. But look also in Matthew 2. Turn over back or back to Matthew 2. And notice not only how the shepherds celebrated Christmas, but notice how the scholars celebrated Christmas. In Matthew chapter 2, you read about the wise men, sometimes called the Magi. And these wise men, the Magi, were considered the scholars of their day. The Bible tells us that these men were from the east, 
probably being from either Persia or Arabia. These were astrologers. These were experts in the interpreting of dreams and the other magic arts. They were considered the scholars of their day. But look at Matthew 2, verse 11, and notice how these scholars celebrated Christmas. Matthew 2, 11, the Bible said, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, how did these scholars celebrate Christmas? Notice two things. You notice in our text, in verse 11, notice how they approached Jesus. For you read in verse 11 that when these wise men came into the house and saw Jesus, the Bible said they fell down and they worshipped him. Now, I have studied the word worship that is there, but I never really paid a lot of attention to the word fail until I was studying this week for tonight. And the word fail that is used there is a very interesting word. It's a word that suggests that they fell down around the child, fell down around the baby. In fact, it's a lot like what we would do when a new baby, like a family and friends do when a new baby is born. And when you bring that baby home or they bring that nurse brings the baby out to show it to the family, everybody gathers around the baby and they're ooing and aahing and talking about how pretty she is or how pretty he is and how he looks like daddy and how he looks like grandma. And everybody's just going on and on and on about the baby. Well, you find here that when they've talked about falling down, the ideal is, and the word used is, is that they fell down around the baby. And as they fell down around the baby, among these wise men, they were just talking about the child and talking about this baby. They were overwhelmed and they were overcome with emotion. That's the ideal, as they fell down. But the Bible said they worshipped him. As they walked in and saw the child, it's like they all just immediately rushed to the cradle, that little baby. And they all began, they were overwhelmed with emotion as they looked on that child, and the Bible said they worshipped. A very interesting word used for worship here. It's a word used in those days to describe a dog licking its master's hand. And the word worship that is used here is a word that means to kiss. And it would seem to suggest that when these wise men walked in, and they saw the Christ child that they immediately rushed to the child and they were overcome with emotion as they looked upon the child they had been searching for. And I can see these wise men as they are down on their knees before this child, leaning over and kissing the hands of the Lord Jesus or reaching down and kissing the forehead in reverence and homage and in adoration. You see, they stretched themselves out before him in worship. Now, I ask you tonight, how should we celebrate Christmas? I submit unto you, not only like the shepherds, should we tell everybody that Jesus Christ, the Savior, has been born and that Christ has come to save men from their sins. But I submit unto you and suggest that we ought to worship like the wise men and celebrate like the wise men by worshiping Jesus Christ. You know, the tragedy about the Christmas season is the majority of believers, those redeemed by the Savior, will go through it, through all the things that go on, and I enjoy all the activities and all the festivities involved in the Christmas holidays. I have no problem with these things. I enjoy them, and we enjoy them as families. I'm not against them. I don't think there's anything wrong with these things. But what happens is, as we go through all the activities and the festivities of the holidays at Christmas time, the thing we fail to do is to stop 
and just to get along somewhere in a quiet place and to sit down and think about what Christmas really is and think about it until the meaning of it fills our heart and the meaning of it fills our lives so our hearts are full with the wonderful truth that God one day stepped out of eternity and into history and God robed himself in human flesh and became one of us that he might be with us, that he might die for us, that God became a Savior and let your heart get full of that and then let your heart overflow in worship and thanksgiving and praise unto God. That's how you ought to celebrate Christmas. And if we, any of us, go through these holidays without worshiping him and without being full of the message of Christ, then I submit unto you, you've never really celebrated Christmas. Because Christmas is not about Santa Claus and Christmas is not about Rudolph and the reindeer. Christmas is about a Savior that came to this world because hell-deserving sinners, the only way they can be saved was that he paid the price and come as our Savior. That's what it's all about. And we ought to worship. That's how we celebrate Christmas, by worshiping. Amen? But notice not only how they approached him, but notice how they acknowledged him. For you see that not only did they fall down, and not only do you see them in acts of reverence kissing this child, but you see they brought gifts and they presented them to Christ. And these gifts were acknowledgement of who Jesus was and for what he had come for. And every one of these gifts they gave was expressive of something about Christ and his person in nature, for example. There were three gifts they brought. They brought him gold. And as you know, gold is the gift of a king. And they were acknowledging that this child was not the unordinary child. This child was a king. They presented him with frankincense. And frankincense was that which was symbolic of the work of the priest as that which burned and made its way under the veil into the very presence of God. They were not only acknowledging him in their gifts that this is a king, but they were also acknowledging that this is a priest. They were saying this is the great high priest. And finally they presented unto him, presented him myrrh. And myrrh, as you know, was used to embalm the bodies of the dead. And when they came to that child, they recognized that this is a king. They recognized that this was the high priest. But they also recognized that this was the Savior. That this child was born for the purpose of dying. And in their gift of myrrh, they were presenting him a gift of death. In other words, they acknowledge him as being Savior. In fact, Luke 2 is interesting. I've shared this with you before. Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And the word swaddling, translated swaddling, is a word that speaks of a death shroud. No pretty blue for her little boy on that Christmas night. Mary wrapped her baby in a death shroud. Why? This child was born to die. Now I ask you tonight, how can we celebrate Christmas? We celebrate Christmas by presenting Christ a gift, not a tie, not a suit, but presenting him our heart, presenting him our life, giving to him our time, giving to him our tithe, giving to him our talents. We, we can celebrate Christmas by one, telling everybody about him. We can celebrate Christmas by worshiping him somewhere, sometime over the next few days, getting alone and worshiping Christ 
the Savior, and we can worship Him by giving Him something, giving Him, as I said, our time, giving Him our heart, giving Him our lives. That's how the scholars worship Jesus. But turn once again to Luke 2, and let me point out a third and a final group. Not only do we learn how to celebrate Christmas by seeing how the shepherds celebrated Christmas and how the scholars celebrated Christmas, but in Luke 2, you also learn how to celebrate Christmas by seeing how the saints celebrated Christmas. For in Luke chapter 2, you meet a couple of saints. There was a man with the name of Simeon, and there was a woman with the name of Anna. And I want you to notice how these dear saints of God, how they celebrated Christmas. Look in verse 25 of Luke 2, and notice, first of all, the appreciation of Simeon. In Luke 2, verse 25, the Bible said, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the Bible said that this same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon is described as a man of dedication. He was a just man. Simeon is described as a man of consecration. He was a devout man. But he's also described as a man of expectation. For the Bible said that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was a man that was waiting for the Messiah to come. He was a man that believed the Messiah would come, and he was waiting for the Messiah. In fact, it had been revealed unto Simeon that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. And it was made known unto him that he would not die until he saw the Lord Jesus. And I can imagine that every morning when old Simeon got up and got ready, I'm sure he asked the question to himself, could this be the day? But there was one day that Simeon got up and I can imagine Simeon thinking, will this be the day? And the Holy Ghost nudged his heart and said, Simeon, I want you to go down to the temple. For you read there that he was led, the Spirit of God said to him, the Spirit of God directed him, he came by the Spirit into the temple. And it's like the Holy Ghost said, Simeon, today's the day. You've been waiting for years, you've been longing for the coming of Messiah. Today's the day. And you look at verse 27. The Bible said he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. What did Simeon do when he finally saw the Christ child? He took that child in his arms. And he began to bless God, and he began to give thanks to God for his salvation. How can we celebrate Christmas? It'd be a tragedy for you to go through Christmas and not thank God for the fact that you're saved tonight. How can we celebrate it? We can celebrate it by telling others that a Savior has come. We can celebrate it by worshiping the one that has come. We can celebrate it by giving Him praise, but we can celebrate Christmas by giving praise to God that for our own salvation. Thank God tonight that He's not only a Savior that has come, but He's my Savior, your Savior. And we can celebrate Christ by giving thanks for our salvation. But look at something else. Look at verse 36. You not only see the appreciation of Simeon, but the affection of Anna. 
For you find this dear saint of God by the name of Anna that celebrated Christmas. And you look in verse 36, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanael, of the tribe of Asher, and she was a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Here's a godly woman. And like Simeon, she was a regular attender of the temple. And one particular day, she goes to the temple, and notice in verse 38 what happened. And she coming in that instance gave thanks likewise in the Lord and spake of him to all them that look for redemption in Jerusalem. When she saw the Christ child, she began to give thanks. Her love for Christ and her love for God is very obvious and her love for his gift of salvation was obvious and when she saw the Christ child, her love for the things of God and her love for God's gift was obvious in how she reacted and how she responded. I submit unto you, I don't know of a better way to celebrate Christmas than just to love Jesus Christ, to love him with all of our hearts and to love him with all of our mind and to love him with all of our being. I don't know about you, but I love him tonight. And there are a multitude of reasons why I love him. But one of the reasons I love him is that God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. And Christmas, we can celebrate it by just loving him. I think about a story I enjoyed. I read about one time about an old pioneer that was tri- traveling westward across the Great Plains until he came to an abrupt halt at the edge of the Grand Canyon. He'd never seen anything like it in his life. He gawked at the sight. There was a vast chasm one mile down, 18 miles across, and more than 100 miles along. And as he stood there, he finally said, something must have happened here. Well, I want to say to you, something has happened. Something has happened. One day, God gave his son The Savior was born. And I submit unto you, that is an event that is worth celebrating. Amen? Let's stand our feet as you take your prayer sheets. We'll come and ask the Lord to work these truths in our hearts in just a moment. But thank the Lord for Christmas. Celebrate as a believer ought to celebrate. Tell somebody about Jesus over the holidays. Between now and Sunday, tell somebody about Christ. Try to win somebody to this wonderful Savior. Try to get someone here on the Lord's Day. Tell somebody about Jesus. Somewhere in the next few days, worship. Express your appreciation to Him. Let Him know how much you, how glad you are you're saved. Let Him know how much you love Him and just love Him and love Him more and ask God to help you to love Him more. Our missionary of the week is Gerald and Kristen Zimmer. They're with us tonight, and they've been serving the Lord in Romania, and they're supported by the auditorium class, and we appreciate Gerald, and he's been around here for a long time. Never gave much to us, but he's, he's been around here, amen. We appreciate Gerald. I've known him for years and love him, and we want to remember them tonight and pray for their work. They'll be going back to Romania in January, so let's remember them. Our Church of the Week, Victory Baptist Church, our sister church, and their pastor is Mark Stevens. And let's remember the church tonight. And then, of course, our hospital list, Joanne Wyndham. Joanne, as you know, she's a lady. They're some of our newer members. She's the one who has to carry the oxygen tank, whatever, because of the emphysema. 
and uh, she is on a breathing machine they're having to do all that for right now. She is not doing good. She's doing a little better today, but let's remember Joanne, be praying for her. Also, Edward Wallace, this is Raymond's brother. He'll be having uh, surgery. His brother David, of course, uh, be going home for the holidays. I want to continue to pray for him. And then Gene's son, Lamar, is at Tri-County, and then a special request for Ben Honeycutt. They had a car wreck in intensive care. And then Brian Dean, his mother, she had bypass surgery today in Roanoke, Virginia. And Lisa's telling me that she did real well. So let's continue to pray for uh, Brian's mother, Sally, and pray the Lord will continue to touch her and she'll be in the hospital through the holidays. So let's remember all of these. All of you that will, let's come. Won't you do something tonight as we come? Of course, we want to pray for the Zemers tonight. I want to pray for Victory Baptist Church as we pray for our Missionary of the Week, our Church of the Week. But I also want to ask you to celebrate Christmas and ask the Lord to help you to celebrate Christmas the way Christmas was celebrated in the Bible, the way it was celebrated by the shepherds, the way that it was celebrated by the scholars, the way it was celebrated by the saints. Ask the Lord to help you to worship Jesus and to celebrate Christmas as a believer ought to. Let's pray together. Father, Tonight, in Jesus' name, as we come, I do lift the Zemers up to you tonight. Thank you for them. Thank you for these years now. Together they have served you and how you've been in Romania. Bless the work of Titus International. Brother Buddy, all these things, I ask you, Lord, to touch and to bless them and give them many, many souls for their labor. Provide any financial need they may have, but just use them and give more workers and call out more for the work of God there in Eastern Europe. Lord, continue to keep the doors open there for the gospel to be shared. Just bless and give a, put a hunger in the hearts of people to want to know Christ, but bless the Zemers. We pray for our sister church, Victory Baptist, tonight. Now as they have a new pastor and begin a new chapter in their history, I pray you bless Brother Stevens, bless the church, prosper them, may they do great and mighty things. Let them grow as they have never grown before. Let them see people saved as they've never seen before. Stir the hearts of people. May there be revival and excitement in the church. Just bless them in a very, very special way. For our dear church family tonight that cannot be here, that are in the hospital, we pray for them. We pray you touch each one. For Joanne, pray you touch her. Now, Lord, we pray for Lamar, for Raymond's brothers, Special request tonight for Brian's mother there in the hospital in Roanoke, Virginia. Pray you touch her and be with Brian, be with all the family, Eldon, all of them, minister to them, strengthen them. For all these special requests, we lift them up for our folks that are home recovering from surgery, those who are just grieving still over the loss of a loved one in recent days. So many needs. I pray, Lord, you touch. I pray, Lord, during the holidays now, that you'll help us to celebrate Christmas as it ought to be celebrated. Lord, let us tell others the wonderful story that Jesus has come. Lord, help us to worship you. Lord, don't let us go through these holidays without somewhere getting along with you and worshiping. Lord, make real the wonderful story of Christmas in our heart. Lord, let us be appreciative of what you've done for us. May we love you for what you've done for us. And Father, I pray that this Christmas, that you'd use the meaning of Christmas to help us to love you more. God, if you would love us enough to give your Son, the least that we could do is love you in return. 
And Lord, why would we not love you as we think about how much you've loved us? We know we love you because you first loved us. Help us to love you the way you ought to be loved and use the meaning of Christmas to increase and intensify our love. Thank you again now for this place. I pray for every member of Temple Baptist that you give them a very, very special Christmas. Bless their times together. I know for many of our dear folks, there'll be an empty place this year, but I pray that the presence of God will be real and you'll encourage their hearts. I pray, Lord, you'll help us to enjoy every minute we have with our families, enjoy every minute that we have with one another, and to enjoy every minute that we have is with brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to love and cherish these times, for we may... We have no idea, Lord, if we have this opportunity again. So, Lord, during this season, make it a very special time for our folks. So many of our folks have given to make Christmas special for others. Lord, make it special for them. Bless the holidays to every heart. And bless and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Let us celebrate it the way you want it celebrated. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand our feet. Are you glad you are saved? Say amen. I do wish you all to have a very, very, very Merry Christmas and be back on the Lord's Day for a great day and looking forward to all the wonderful things that God has for us. Get by and meet the Zemers and let them know how glad we are to have them. Go by and see Nikki and, and uh, speak to her and Brother Eddie. Of course, we've enjoyed having him in the past couple weeks the boofers and others. You're dismissed. Shake hands and fellowship as you leave tonight.